Now, let me get to this today, my final thoughts. Uh, I do love to read and study the Apostle Paul's writing. Sorry, Darius. Uh, I think that it's in his writing that we find a lot of application for the local church. Uh, we also find a lot of application for our daily walk with Jesus and a lot of other things. And so I have been using one of Paul's letters, particularly his letter to the church in Philippi, as the springboard for what I've been talking about these last few weeks. And so as I bring it to a close, I find that this last section I've chosen from Paul's letter is so incredibly fitting for this moment. So would you read for me Philippians chapter 3? We're going to read verses 12 through 16. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. This is what Paul says. He goes, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking toward what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. An interesting thing I find as someone who is regularly reading and studying Scripture, <clears throat> often for the purpose of, of teaching here, sharing with you here, is that the more I do this, the more the Holy Spirit opens my eyes to new things, and I begin to experience Scripture in a new way, in a refreshing way. Right out the gate, Paul says something that I think is very important for us, and when he says he says when he has not achieved these things, he's pointing back to what he's already written in the previous chapters. All the things that we've been talking about for the past week and more, quite frankly, you know, things like living with a fully devoted kingdom mindset and always practicing peace and unity and loving one another passionately and imitating the life of Christ and His humility and so on. Paul says here, listen, I have not fully achieved all of these things. I have not, as he says, reached perfection. And it just made me think about this. I am not perfect. Now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Those of you who've been listening to my wife, you would probably disagree with what I'm saying right now because she thinks I'm perfect, you know? And I, I have to tell her all the time, babe, it's not true. I'm not perfect. Um, I'm not perfect. Um, I know that, that in the six plus years that I've been here, some of you have been so upset with me. And I know that some of you have been so disappointed by me. And I know that, that some of you have disagreed with me and, and more. And I just want to say this, if I have hurt you, if, if I have offended you, if I have wronged you in any way, I am truly sorry. I really am. Saying I'm not perfect, it's not an excuse. 
It's just a reality that we all need to come to terms with. Because while I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. In Paul's writing, he, he points the finger primarily at himself, but, but the implication, the lesson is there for all of us. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but that's okay. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but that's okay. See, perfection is the goal, a spiritual perfection, a righteousness of heart, holy, entirely. That is the goal that we pursue as we strive to live and be like Christ more and more every day. He is our model. He, is, he lived a perfect and sinless life, and we're called to be like Him, to, to strive to be like Him. But in the meantime, our lack of perfection is not a disqualifier. Hear me this morning. Our lack of perfection is not a disqualifier. And if we could all just come to terms with that, man, we would be ahead of the game. If we could just understand that we're not perfect and all the people around us are not perfect, then what we're actually doing is we're demonstrating a kind of spiritual maturity and a reliance upon the continued work of God in each of our lives. And we, we are living in that incredible and amazing grace that comes from God in abundance. And this is why Paul says that while he is not perfect, while he still has some growing to do, while he, he still has some progress to make, he says, I'm not giving up. Look again at verse 12, the second half of it. He says this, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Now, our translation this morning says to possess that perfection. Other translations will, will use words like grab hold or to, to take hold of. And no matter what words you use, the, the picture is clear. Paul is going after with passion and with purpose something that he wants very much to make his own. He wants to hold it in his hands. He wants to be able to, to cling to something that is not just important, it is essential. The perfection of Christ, the holiness of God. There, there are a lot of things that, that possess us in, in this life, things that grab hold of us, things like money and jobs and relationships and success. And Jesus actually talks about that in Matthew 6 in his Sermon on the Mount. He says you can't have a divided mindset chasing after the things of the world while also changing after, chasing after him. This is what he says on the screen. He goes, seek the kingdom of God above all else, Jesus said. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he, God, will give you everything you need. You see, Jesus' teaching is just like Paul's. There is one thing in this life that you should seek to possess, one thing in this life that you should seek to grab hold of, and that is intimacy with the Father. That's it. That intimacy is made available, by the way, to you through Jesus Christ. Now listen, why does Jesus take hold of you? Why does Jesus grab hold of you? Is it just to leave you right where you are, to let you to continue to wallow in your sinful state? Or does Jesus grab hold of you to radically alter who you are for God's glory? The answer is clear. Jesus did not come into our world 
into your brokenness, into your failures, just to observe you and just kind of see how things turn out. He came so that you could have new life. A life that's free from what held you as a prisoner before. A life that's no longer caught up in your failures, but caught up in the promises of God. And this is why Paul says that while he is not yet there, he is not giving up. He won't, he won't give up. And more than that, Paul says in order to do this, he has to forget about the past. The past can be so toxic. Over years of ministry, I've sat with so many different people and listened to them talk. And one thing that I hear probably more than anything else is a pointing backward to what was. You see, they're, they're, they are caught up in what maybe they have done in the past, or they're caught up in what has been done to them in the past. And the past primarily haunts them because they keep pointing back to it. They keep giving it stage time. They keep bringing it up. They keep giving it airtime in their own mind and in, in their own spirit. And there are some of us here this morning that just need to shut that down. You need to stop pointing back to what was, to what has happened, to who you were, and you need to start thinking about what Jesus has done for you. You need to stop talking about and reminding others about how they have failed you and they have hurt you. And remember that unless you can learn to forgive and live in forgiveness, the forgiveness that God wants to give you will never be available. You need to be reminded of what the psalmist says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, there are some of us here this morning that need to stop getting offended at every single thing that has happened to us and to those that we love. And we need to start living in the freedom and the forgiveness and the power of redemption. The Proverbs say this, that sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by what? By overlooking wrongs. But you can't do those things if you keep looking back or you keep pointing back. So Paul says, I'm not doing that anymore. Who I was, I am no longer. What I did, water under the bridge. How I thought, how I behaved, the mistakes that I made, all have been forgiven by Christ. And so from this point on, my life is not about who I was, but about who God has created me to be. What a wonderful thing that is. There's a heavenly prize that Paul talks about. Notice that he calls it a heavenly prize, not heaven. <laughs> He's not living his life to gain heaven. He's living his life to gain the reward that comes from being like Christ. When Paul says that the aim is heavenward, the idea is that, that, that Jesus has called us, Jesus has called you to something that's way beyond who you are in your flesh. It is a heaven word thing. It's something that can only be realized when God is at work in your life. So let me encourage you and challenge you with this. Keep on keeping 
on. I know it's kind of cliche, but I do think it's worth being reminded of today. In, in this particular space in history, because there, there are a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges that many of you are currently facing and, and, and many challenges that you will face in the future as individuals, as families, and as a church. But if we gain anything from what the Apostle Paul says here, let it be this, don't give up. Keep chasing Jesus. Keep loving his bride. Keep serving and being a part of this incredible and beautiful and sometimes challenging thing that we know as the church. Because it is God's instrument in this world to bring about the restoration of his creation. It's you and it's me. We are the instruments of God in his hands used for his purpose and for his glory. There's no better place to be. And listen to this, what Paul says here at the end of our text. He says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we've already made. You see, Paul's saying here that a mark of spiritual maturity is hearing what he has said and being in agreement with it. And not just being in agreement with, being in, agreement with it in the way that you're like, yeah, that makes sense, but, but in making the decision to be purposeful and to be proactive and to be passionate about what Paul's saying here. And he says, listen, there may be some that disagree, but eventually God will set them straight. I love that line. God will take care of that. You got to pray for them, all right? But in the end, we must hold on to the progress we've made. Don't go backward. We do like to individualize a lot of what we read in Scripture, (laughs) and we make it just about us. But notice here that Paul very clearly uses a collective we. He says that we are in this together. We must not go backward. We must hold on to the progress we've made. This is a together thing. I was listening to one of my new favorite podcasts the other day. It's a podcast that's aimed at pastors, and they're talking about a variety of different things that pastors are facing, and the church is facing challenges, whatnot, in the church today. And uh, both of the hosts have, have many years of, of preaching experience, one far more than the other. Um, But both of them were, in this particular episode, they were expressing how if they were to go back and listen to their sermons of five years ago, ten years ago, even further for one of them, they would probably disagree with themselves. (laughs) In other words, there was a recognition on both their parts that their faith and their understanding of God of who God is and and what the Scriptures are teaching, it's continually a work in progress. They are continually growing. And and as I look back and I think about some of the things that I have taught from this platform, I I would say to you that some of the things that I've said before, I would not say again. Um, And that's simply because I have grown. I've learned, and my understanding of God and of His Word has changed. I'm not perfect, but that's okay. But I have not yet given up pursuing Jesus. 
and, and I'm keeping my eyes on the prize to which I was called in his name. Now, each one of you, if you are honestly and purposefully living out your faith, you're going to experience growth that will alter how you see things. It, w- it will cause you to pause and to reflect, hopefully, hopefully, it will cause you to pause and reflect on what you used to believe and what you used to say and realize that God is teaching you something new. He's stretching you. He is forming you. But the only way this happens is if you keep on keeping on, okay? Don't get comfortable in the practice of your faith. Listen, don't get comfortable in the practice of your faith. There should be a kind of comfort and a kind of peace that comes from knowing Christ and living obediently and being faithful. But if you ever reach the point, listen, if you ever reach the point where you think you figured it out, rest assured you have not. This is so important, guys. In, fa- in fact, if you ever reach the point where you think you figured it out, you're actually probably in a pretty bad spot. You actually might be further from God than you realize. But praise be to God who formed me and made me. His grace for me is without measure. His love for me is without limit. About two months ago, I stood in front of a congregation in Pickerington, Ohio on a Friday night, and I talked to them about the process of growing in our faith, a process that all of us are a part of. And at that time, while I knew in my spirit that God was doing something, I did not yet know that a week from today, I'd be staying on that same platform and step into my role as their pastor and their shepherd for whatever season God would have me there. But what I did know was that the process that each one of us is in, the process of God being at work in us is very real and it's very important. And so I shared with them a song that many of us grew up singing. Now this song was a standard in my home because the Gaither vocal band, back then it was just the Gaither trio, but the Gaithers, they were a standard in my home. Anybody else subjected to that? Okay. Um, and this was a song that was mostly sung by kids, but my mom used to sing this song to me, and I think it's valuable for any age. And we, most of us will probably recognize the chorus, but we won't recognize the verse, and I'm not going to sing for you, but um, oh, uh, the, the verse goes like this, there really ought to be a sign upon my heart don't judge him yet, he, there's an unfinished part, but I'll be better just according to his plan fashioned by the master's loving hands. In the mirror of his word, reflections that I see makes me wonder why he never gave up on me, but he loves me as I am and he helps me when I pray. Remember, he's the potter and I'm the clay. In the chorus, you'll recognize this, he's still working on me to make me what I need to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. You know that song? (laughs) Perhaps one of the most hope-filled promises 
one of the most uplifting assurances that we have from a Father who loves us is that He is not done with us. So while I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, don't give up. Keep on keeping on. God is at work in you and God is at work in me and God is at work in His church. He created you to have the mind of Christ, which is one of sacrificial love, incredible humility, abundant grace. And there is nothing more important for you than knowing that and living in that great truth. Let me pray for you, church. Heavenly Father, this is your church. These are your people. My prayer for them today is that there would be a sincere, individual yet corporate desire to pursue Jesus. To be a church that makes much of Jesus, not just on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., but in every moment of their lives. I pray that this would be a church whose testimony only becomes richer. God, because I believe you have better days ahead. I believe that all it takes is a willing and obedient servant who says yes a willing and obedient servant who says yes to lead this church, to shepherd these people, and to love them. And God, I, I don't necessarily believe that it's just one person, but only one needs to answer that call. So God, I pray, I pray for that process, I pray for that important season in the church of, in the life of this church. God, I pray for these families here. That Jesus would be the center of their home. Pray for the husbands and wives in this place that they would not look at the other and wonder why they're not perfect, forgetting that they are also imperfect. 
I pray for healing in the marriages that are hurting. I pray for prosperity in the homes that are struggling. I pray for health in the bodies that are failing. I pray for unity in this church, God. I pray for transparency among the people. I pray for wisdom for her leaders. Pray for open doors for her ministry. And I pray that above all, you would be glorified, that hearts would be drawn to you. That men, women, and children would realize their insufficiency and your sufficiency for them. And that many would come to know you as not just Savior, but Lord. For your glory and your glory alone. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, all in all, I did pretty good. I'm talking about not crying. I'm not trying to wrap a bow on things here. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad, guys, you know. Um. This is where it gets weird. I don't know what's happening next, so I'm just going to, what do I need to do? Your song. My song. All right, the band's going to come up. It's not my song. I mean, it is kind of, but band's going to come up and uh, try and decide what to sing last together. Uh, I chose um, uh, the benediction so that we can sing to one another.